listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. It's 2022, and welcome back to a brand new 90s. If you enjoy 90s, you like listening to Scott, John, and I talk about some nonsense, you will love going to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 9to5cc. Subscribe to the 90s Deluxe level, and you will get access to Garbage Time, a bonus episode that accompanies each and every main episode on this week's bonus episode of Garbage Time. We talk about some of the, or basically all of the superhero movies that came out in 2021, and some of them are pretty crap but on the main show we also talk about a movie that's pretty crap and that would be matrix resurrections we also talk about the original matrix because that movie still kicks ass we also talk about the hawkeye tv show we talk about the punisher logo redesign and john really 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 enjoyed highlander 2 the quickening all this and more on ideas downstairs to put the recycling out and as we record this this is monday january 10th 2022 we're going to what to minus 20 something tonight overnight yeah supposed to be minus 36 up here wow yeah freezing yeah freezing and there's a was a pickup game of hockey being played outside on the rink and i was like hot damn that's canadian (laughs) (laughs) i was like i was like this is too i was like painful like wind hits your face chopping at your cheeks to put the recycling out and i'm like there's dudes out there playing hockey covid get, and weather be damned once you get moving the the temperature is not so bad yeah as soon as we're done this i am jumping in the sauna and i am jumping outside in the snow jealous and that's yep. the last we ever heard from john <laughs> just just don't go tobogganing you'll be fine <laughs> cut your head open tobogganing <laughs> that- that might be a bit much, but... Um, I, didn't, I didn't cut my head open. I scraped it open when I oh. ran into the sidewall. <laughs> I'm Scott, and this is... Welcome to Ice Toboggan. <laughs> if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. That's it, that's it. Um, since we last talked, because we kind of... We recorded the double, we recorded the year in review... Uh, the whole of Quebec has shut down again. Like, right? We were mm-hmm. like, we were dancing around shutdowns and curfews and what would it mean upon our last recording? And then everything, 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 everything fell apart. In our in our year in review episode, I talk about uh, how I want to go see Spider Man. I actually got tickets to Spider Man on I want to say December tenth or whatever the heck it was uh, for five o'clock p.m. for the five five p.m. showing of Spider Man. The day that they closed movie theaters at 5 p.m. So, like, literally timed with the minute that it became illegal to go to movie theaters. And I was like, well, bummer. And it will become, like, nearly impossible. Not nearly impossible, but no one even knows what the streaming release of Spider-Man is going to look like. Because it's all tied up in, like, Sony Marvel shenaniganry. So, it's not going to be, like, onto Disney+. Plus. Like, Disney+, Plus can't get it for another year. And then it's whatever, whatever streaming... Sony, Sony wants, to. wants to do with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. So who knows what they're going to do with their thing. But yeah, yeah let's see how much Disney, uh, Sony is going to pick a fight with Disney over the absolute boatloads of money that well, they've made it's, together. Well, it's not, so, but it's not pick a fight. It's yeah, already contract. Yeah. But I'm saying, but the contract exists. Disney doesn't get the streaming rights till a year or whatever. Like it's like it's not even picking a fight. It's not. E- it's not even like ill-gotten shittiness or like contract disputes. Yeah, yeah. The contract exists. If, if Sony gets to pick the streamer and they go with someone who's not Disney. 
I think they might have to. Well, it depends who gives them more money. Well, or but it also depends if the contract exists. Because a lot of people were saying, at least in the States, that like they have already other deals with exclusive rights to the Sony properties. Huh. So like it, this might not even be a like, haha, we we went with the stars network or whatever the hell it was. Like this is like a contract that exists and apparently it's like done and agreed upon. And Disney knows that that's part of the deal with their Spider-Man shit is they don't get it for a year onto Disney plus. Cause it goes onto whatever Sony thing is. Maybe it'll end up on Netflix. Might. It very yeah, well might. All the, all the Spider-Mans are, are there right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So what, what is Sony doing? Why don't they just play their little part and get out of the way and make those billions of dollars? Because I mean, well, but they're making the the. That's all the rumors is that they're going to make a Sony verse, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and that, you can tell how great that is by watching Tom Venom Hardy be Venom and the Morbius trailer, which mm-hmm. already looks disappointing. <laughs> they're like, this is the best part of the movie. Are you hype? And everyone is like, Meh, not no. really. <laughs> Come on, just again, get out of the way. Yeah, but Make that's the what they're doing. They're just getting their own little Spider-Verse, and then Tom Holland exists in the multiverse as the MCU Spider-Man. And they're going to have a new Spider-Man. Just make more Spider-Verse stuff. That's Pretty much. Appar- apparently, though, everybody who's seen it says it's friggin' fantastic. They're, uh, we, we, were, we were posing the question, like, I know it's fanboys, but fanboys are actually, like, saying, like, does it, does it get, a, like, an Oscar nom? Now that there's those weird, like, 10 movies get Oscar nominated for best film, even though there's like, there has no, it has no hope in hell of winning it. <laughs> but apparently like, they're like, it's real, real good. And if freaking the Joker can win things for fan service, I don't know how much fan service gets you an Oscar. I mean, Lord of the Rings got nominated for best picture and those movies are not, and it should not. It won, sm- it won best picture. The third it won one. best picture. Those movies should not sniff best picture. Like they're great, but those are not the greatest film of their year. No, John, you're making a face. You believe that there were no greater like cinema pieces than freaking Lord of the Rings in a year? Off the top of my head, I'd have to go and look at the years. They might well, have been, it only, might it have only been... won for the third one, and that yeah, was it was it was, of... it was kind of the lifetime achievement of yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you you did a big giant thrilling this? fantasy. We gotta look trilogy. it up now. I'm looking it up. Yeah, vape v- vamp. Uh, look, vape I get it vamp? that that it's not. Uh, you know. Hmm. How do we so, so this, this is what people are saying is that this is like a, a nod to like Raimi and everybody and na, 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 and all of the Spider-Man. You can't and do that with different directors s- and different actors. That's not same the same Spider-Man thing. though. Tobey Maguire's in there. Andrew Garfield's in there. Willem Dafoe's That's in there. The Alfred Molina's in there. Jamie they're all Fox, different characters. Like, no, they're the same characters. Willem Dafoe has returned as the Green Goblin. Alfred Molina has returned as Dr. Octopus. That is, that is the, what happens in No Way Home. The multiverse okay. rips open and they reprise their roles. And they're all Oscar winners, just rolling around there being superheroes. I guess. It's kind of, if ever they're going to give it to a superhero one, it's kind of that one. You guys said that about um, the, the, the one where Magneto's really old. Uh, Logan? Yeah, 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 people were talking about that. And uh, come on. But that was before they did the 10 nominees, right? Like, yeah. Like, that, that's what I'm saying, is it would absolutely be the, like, honorable mention nominee. But just so they could, like, put it on the thing, like, Best Picture nominee, Spider-Man. And also, as people also mentioned, came out in 2021, and nothing else did. Right? Like, right. that's also weighting its heavily. What are the Oscars even going to look like? 
Maybe what they came out it. in 2021. They can't skip it. There'd be heads and heads are on. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. The, some some Hollywood types would be like, there has to be an Oscar. I know there was a Golden Globes or whatever that happened this weekend with no audience. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even <laughs> televised. Yeah, they were just like, really? and the Golden Globes are here. Bloop. Yeah, that's crazy. Here they go. We sent them in the mail. <laughs> Read it out. Yeah, which I mean is, I think, valid. Like, yep. Award ceremonies are dumb. All right, the Best Picture nominees for the 2003 films mm-hmm. uh, awarded in 2004. Uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King won against Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, Mystic River, and Seabiscuit. I mean, Lost in Translation should easily take that. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, as if if the Lord of the Rings was going to win a Best Picture, yeah, this that's was a year. pretty good year for it. Yeah. What other movies came out in 2007? Like, look at like who who was up for Best Actor and stuff. Like Peru's Pirates, Peru's... Pirates of the Caribbean. Johnny Depp was up for it. Sean oh, Penn damn, was up horrible. for it in Mystic River. Ben Mystic King River's King. also very good. Yeah, it, that was fine, but it wasn't even the best of those adaptations from that that author. Uh, Jude Law, Bill Murray. Big Fish. Big Fish was really good. Mm. Okay, but you're saying the other fantasy movie should have won against Return of the King? Yeah, Return of the King wasn't that great. Don't forget that it was like an enormous Hollywood film, you know? Like big A technical sets, masterpiece. Kind of techni- exactly. Like on those merits, even if it didn't have like performances that you would say are like Oscar winning performances all the way through it. In the fact as, that it had no nominees for best actor, best actress, supporting right. actor, or supporting actress. But as a like if a thing of the cinema. Yeah, which which is it always I so mean but that, much, that, so much and that was also the whole argument as to why they went up to like ten nominees, right? Is they were just saying like arguably best blockbuster and best movie are kind of different, right? Like sure. one being a celebration of like movies and everybody going out and, and all that stuff, and the other being like I made a fun art film that stands on its own merit. Uh guys, but do you know what films were not nominated for Best Picture in two thousand and three? Was there a Star Wars that year? Uh, no, there were two Matrix films that uh-huh. were not nominated. There was Matrix Reloaded <laughs> and Matrix Revolutions came out in 2003. Uh, neither one of those were nominated for Best Picture. No, they were not. And that leads me to my next topic of there's another Matrix. <laughs> there sure is. Did you guys watch it? Yeah. I did. I, I, I stopped 40 minutes from the end. Not really on purpose, just because I was falling asleep and it was 2 in the morning. But, I mean, but that's also kind of what like <laughs> happens in the film. Is you you it starts off interesting, then you're like, oh, okay, no, they're just doing the same thing, and then the last forty minutes is kind of like a worse version of the first one. I, I felt like that's where it was going, like like <laughs> they had given up on all of the meta stuff that was actually kind of interesting, and then yeah. it was like, oh no, we're just doing the Matrix again, and that was it. Here's it's, here's Marissa's amazing take on it. It's basically adaptation. So we're gonna yeah. get into, into spoilers here. Yeah, uh, in yeah. the end of the first act of the movie, all of the game developers of the matrix get together and describe exactly how the rest of the movie is going to go. Yeah. They're like, it needs to be creative, but not too creative. Don't get too deep with the philosophy. It needs guns, lots of guns. Boom, 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 pow, pow, pow. And then that's what happens. Yeah. And and like I said, and and, at a certain, the first act, that act is so good because you're like, Oh, you've just nodded and winked that you know what this is. 
And now you have me like all primed to completely subvert that. And then they're like, ha ha, we double, we double turned. Now we're the bad guys giving you the drivel that we promised. And you're like, what? (laughs) It was so disappointing. And failing to do it to the levels that you did it before. Right. And dude, this is like, so to, to wash the taste of the matrix resurrections out of my mouth, I went back and I was like, was the matrix the best? And Sarah and I watched it on Friday. It's the best. Yeah. It's like, it's still the best. Like they, and they don't get too philosophy. They don't get in too much philosophy. It's there, but they don't like hammer the head, hammer you over the head with it. The action scenes are bananas still. There's like a couple things that date, but most of them just look like, Super sick kung fu all over the place. Mm-hmm. The Nobody's lobby scene take... is still good. It, it, a ton of stuff is still good in yeah. it. It's super fun. I was telling Scott about this. I was like, the the part of the film, like I think, like the the boiled down Matrix uh, Resurrections thing is the guys that when the when they're pitching the video game. So like spoilers for the movie. Like as we talked about, the new Matrix that they built is like housed around Neo, and they gave him. To like deal, I guess, with his past memories, they said that he designed a game that was actually the events of the first Matrix movies. So it's sort of like that's how they like brain trap him in this new Matrix. Uh, and then they tell him to make a new Matrix. And then there's all these kind of meta jokes, including hilarious dialogue of like Warner Brothers is going to do it with or without us. <laughs> like, it, am I wrong that that's them? That's like Lana Wachowski telling everybody why she went to do this movie. Oh, 100 percent. Right? And like then like that's... and other people are saying, like, yeah. did she on purpose sabotage the film? Because it's apparently lost Warner Brothers 100 million dollars. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, if so, that's that's a monstrous fuck you and kind of hilarious in its own right. But a good movie, it does not make. No, like, uh, but yeah, I, in that thing I found it like, very noticeable that the kung fu quality was weighed down from oh, the first setting Matrix. So. Like, not and it's that, twenty some odd years later. If you watch the the editing of those fight scenes, it yeah. is a cut every two and a half seconds. Mm-hmm. Well, like, it was a different. It was a different stunt choreographer they were talking about it, and like some and of the people, were, you don't you don't see their feet. They use a mm-hmm. lot of that Jason Bourne shaky cam. Yeah. Um, and. Like, I get it. Like, uh, what do you call it? Pitch meeting made fun of it a lot that Neo does a lot of like, throw his hands, force push. And I'm like, yeah, he's like 50 or whatever. Like, that's fine. But then I'm like, you have other characters, you know, <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah. you don't, yeah. you don't need to have Neo do all the Kung Fu. You put bugs in, have her do some Kung Fu. Like, it's fine. Like you can, you can figure out your story around that. Like, oh, holy here's, crap. Here's another thing. Neo never holds a gun. Yeah, Neo doesn't do anything, but I think that's kind of the point, which I also thought was, like, as a okay, weird, like, style you, choice. If you've got a Keanu Reeves who's not ready to do six months of, of stunt coordinating training, mm-hmm. uh, send him to the loading room, give him a bunch of guns and a leather trench coat again, yeah. let him do the John Wick stuff, <laughs> right? We know he can still do that. Also, man, like, upsetting on the first watch... But then, like, even more upsetting having just rewatched Matrix. Like, and apparently it was like a scheduling thing or whatever, but that, like, they couldn't get Hugo weaving. And I was like, hot damn, is he cool? He's so good. He's like, that villain is like, I think, underrated as like a top 10, like, cinema villain. Like, Agent Smith is. In the first movie, is so good. In the first movie, yeah. It's like so good. Like, the way he's actually one of the parts that stays kind of good in the sequels. It's fucking creepy. It, it's never really like explained well, but it's creepy just conceptually that he's able to infect someone's brain and enter the real world. Like that shit's yeah. fucked up. He comes at Neo in a way that nobody expects him ever to, right? 
Well, right, because I mean, like, and I and I guess, like, in the, a lot of the like the meta and the, the fan theories and all that stuff, is that he's an actual like he's an evolution of artificial intelligence that like the artificial intelligence didn't predict or perceive. They or whatever, don't know right? how to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that's like I said, there, there's plenty of stuff where you're like, how does he do it? Whatever, but it's like, yeah, that's the the whole thing but yeah like anyway, i, said, I thought the actor did all right with with uh, for sure but like there's he a scene, did okay yep. there's like a scene towards the third act where it's like once everybody has like realized that like they're they've dropped their their matrix skin and like neo's neo again trinity's trinity again like if in that scene when he like makes his appearance it's hugo weaving again at least you'd, you'd pop like you'd be like hot for damn sure. yeah. here he is like like it would not have saved the film or anything but it would have been like a fun fun moment all the same but yeah, when they promised though in the in the video game concept, concept meeting of they're like you need a better bullet time, and then do not deliver anything remotely as cool as bullet time. Like nobody made you put that line of dialogue in the film. Like you drew attention to the fact that you like you need a better bullet time, and then they're like, meh. You know what I th- thought that was? I thought that was Lana actually putting in shit that she was told. Hmm. And then, and 100%. then she was like, "How am I supposed to fucking do that?" Okay, I'm I'm putting all that dumb shit in the movie, and you fucking whatever. Sure, okay, but that's what at I, the same time, like I said, you don't you you still like I feel that whatever you deliver with the film, like jaw dropping action and good kung fu is like the bare minimum kind of thing. Like you're dropping a Matrix movie, you could have been the, like, "Oh, it's still silly." It was such a cover band movie. Like the dojo fight wasn't uh-huh. nearly as good. It yeah, was like. Nope sad to also watch that fight upsettingly absent like a good techno soundtrack like good electronica music playing at oh, any you, point yeah, in time go back to the cover band the only thing that was <laughs> was, the co- music was the cover of wake up was the cover of wake up for the final credits <laughs> yeah and it was like even that like <laughs> there's something wrong about covering rage against the machine and putting it in the credits it was <laughs> It was like walking into the the Fufun Electric and the opening cover band was just warming up and that's the feel-good moment to go home. Oh. <laughs> You're like, oh, this band I've never heard of covering Rage. Cool. Whatever. I guess I'll go to the bar and hit the head before the real band starts. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah. It was, it was bad. It was not fun. And that's it. And I was trying to figure... And like, that was the other... Like, I was like... There was a lot of electronica and stuff like that in the other movie. And I was like... was like, I was like, did I falsely remember that? And it was like, no. Because there's... That's a great soundtrack. Uh, there's the uh, Rob Zombie cover when they go to the club, which then follows up with Chemical Brothers. Then there's... Deftones. Um, uh, then there's the... Is it Propellerheads or whatever? The girl in the red dress? Like, yep. There's a massive there's, attack track. No, yeah, the Propellerheads is the lobby fight. Lobby fight, yeah, the doom, 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 doom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. Yes, that's that's propellerheads. Like you're like, yeah, real electronic music from like bands of the time and whatever made cool, made those scenes super fun and cool. As opposed to it's just like generic Inception music playing all throughout Matrix Resurrections. Like for no reason was I like, could they not get bands? Like you think that people would take it on a discount? Hey, we want to put your electronic music song in a Matrix. People would be like. <clears throat> Hell yeah, sign me up. I don't even need to read the script. I'm just electronic okay, band. Okay. Blood. So they failed on the on the kung fu and they failed on the soundtrack. T- two things that to me are like go on the cutting room floor when they're saying, how do we shave $100 million off the cost of the, the budget for this movie? Do you think that the Wachowskis' failures in the last couple of years, decade maybe, have like 
locked them into a low budget version of the matrix that just like was set up to fail then make a or, or they, version or they... of the matrix like did you see the animatrix all of that was more successful than this movie yeah all of those stories mostly were lower scope yeah other than the version. like other than the history ones like the where they do the history of the machine war and all that stuff mm-hmm. like geez and then don't have a don't have a flashback to the machine war like who cares like that whole entire flashback with like nairobi or whatever like mm-hmm. like why why am i seeing these like five minutes of wartime stuff and then she's like i know that we were the ragtag renegades who beat the machines but you guys can't be the she was, <laughs> like, I was like cool i like that you're just i like that you just slowed down the movie for no reason we locked up neo all right i've got to leave this prison now <laughs> see you later like also, also just the puns were so bad constantly like like the name of the city that replaces zion is io yeah which is just binary it's on off like Mm -hmm. ugh, okay don't care it's just a one and a zero i get it you're the matrix uh and there was just tons of stuff and like the fan service was super weird in terms of like shot setup like the scene where the helicopter is shooting at them and the bullets are falling. I'm like, yeah, no, I remember that. I, I remember it was I in the, the Matrix. <laughs> you know, the, the helicopter hits the side of the building and a shockwave goes through the Matrix. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I I, I saw this in the better movie. It looked yeah. cooler before. 20 Why years are ago. you doing this? It was, it was just, it was super weird. It was such a like, like first act, such a fun layup of like, I'm, we know all the expectations and we're going to do something different. And they're like, psycho, we're not. We're just playing it by numbers. It was a lot like Force Awakens, where it just suddenly became like, remember A New Hope? It's that. But, <laughs> and then it wasn't even not, that, because it didn't have as, Kung Fu and the good music. Yeah, Force Awakens at least had like lightsaber, cool, lightsaber fights, fights and yeah. X-Wings yeah, doing no. the thing, not like weird same shots that look worse. It was so weird. It was just so weird. Like uh, Neo fighting Smith in the basement after the Merovingian or whatever fights him uh, was just, I was like, wow, this like, it was funny too. Cause we were watching like Hawkeye at the time. And I was like, the Hawkeye fight choreography on the Disney plus TV show is better than this fight. The like, Boba Fett stuff is better than this fight. <laughs> like so, so upsetting. And, and like, and I think even the, the most upsetting part about it, was that the first act was like super promising. Yeah. Like they ha- had me like hook, line and sinker. I oh, was excited for where this was going to go. Like uh, the, the actress that plays, what's her name? The blue hair. Bugs. Bugs. She can fight. She was in Iron Fist. She was the only character in that show who could do Kung Fu. She did the, the I'm going into like bare knuckle brawling underworld stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, you can showcase her. She knows how to do this. And they still put her in the dark and put her in shaky cam and put her in a big crowd fight. They never let her do the actual yeah. things that she, she's famous for. So And by and by far the coolest scene of the film is the opening scene where they're going through the doors and like they're doing like the inception thing. Yeah, and even then we saw it with Inception and it was yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tragic. Uh, it, it was just all in all, it wasn't a terrible movie, but it was just such a letdown that it made every part of it 
seem way worse. And like I said, that but that first act is really, really enticing. Like, yeah, where it's so self-aware that it's promising something different. And his his weird, like, it, it was it just a psychotic break? Could have been much more interesting to explore rather than really tell you. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It's the, the Matrix is real. Mm-hmm. If they would have played with it being more ambiguous and played with it more of those like weird overlays from the first movies. Mm-hmm. I also and have that, to, I guess, credit where credit's due also. It's not the greatest role of all time, but like Neil Patrick Harris is actually pretty great in it as a villain. Yep. It was very like, good. He, uh... Except the effects were garbage of his like yeah. slow-mo uh, oh, yeah. walking through time stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, there was a way to do that better. And... and and again, has also been done significantly better with Quicksilver in the X-Men sure. movies. Yeah. <laughs> again where you're you're doing effects that other people have done better like instead of anything remotely revolutionary like i like sarah i was like i told sarah like where i thought this was gonna go so did you guys see uh tenant no 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 so there's sequences in tenant where because it's like the the main concept has you like you can travel backwards and forwards through time Right. So it's like they're always kind of like messing around with that. And there's like a couple fight scenes where like one guy is going forward and the other guy is going backwards. And it looks just like it really, really, really messes with your brain when you see it kind of happening. Like someone just sort of like skittering the wrong way and then getting up and kind of like blocking backwards as he walks forwards. Like you're just sort of like, what's going on? You're like, oh, this guy's fighting backwards through time. Like that's how he has to go. So I thought I was like, if you kind of mash up that tenant style thing, with the Quicksilver style thing that they had, I thought that was going to be their last fight sequence because like Neo is going to be like, oh, I can slow down time and push it backwards. And they're going to be like using their time effects. And we're going to have like a whole giant, like mind fuck special effects, smorgasbord fight scene. And uh, forget it though. Punching, I guess, or whatever motorcycles. Yeah. I don't know. I w- People I jumping the, out of the window. I wanted the analyst to, to keep his lies up longer. Or even keep them going the whole movie to make the audience not even sure. It's like, no, you are. This is crazy. I am not the villain here. Come back to it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Ugh. Disappointing. Yeah. Yep, it yep, was. Yep. It just wasn't clever. It wasn't sharp. I don't. Gonna, I don't know gonna, what was going on there. We're gonna rank this bad boy. I think so. Pretty low, I would say. Hmm. Like, I have literally no desire to basically ever watch this again. I still but think would the you go back and watch the first one? I think the second movie might have been better than this. Yeah. Mm, do we have those on the list? No. We have OG Matrix so. at six, which I believe was, like, very correct, having, like, yeah. just rewatched it. Yeah. It's very it's good. It's, it's so good. Uh, I'm into, like,. It's below the crow. Uh, yeah, no, it is below the crow. I watched the crow not terribly long ago, and well, here's this old one: Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens. I think it's below that because, like we said, that at least had cool fight saber fights. You know, yeah. fight sabers. It, it, uh, it, it was fan service, and we knew it was fan service, but it was okay. Yeah, it's still got to go below like Top Gun, and this is starting to get into the right zone, though. Mm, Prometheus, one thirty. Ooh, that's a good comparable. Look, a wide, a because of the why, why does it exist? Huh? 
the level of disappointment, you know, you there, it could have been so much. Ridley Scott coming back, and then we got fan Prometheus. service done weird. Yeah, getting the yeah. fan service about the wrong things. I would put it below Prometheus. Bird Box was hot garbage, though. This... It's got to go above Legend of the Sword. Or is Legend of the Sword? One King Arthur. Six. Okay, yeah. so this is so we've narrowed in on the zone. Yeah, Legend of the Sword was unforgivable. I think it goes um, below Dark Crystal. Because like... I would also put it below First Blood. I liked First Blood. So right mm-hmm. above King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. You got it. Yeah, that works. Above King Arthur. Uh, yeah, but that was, that, I was like, that was the other thing in my mind. I was like, OG Matrix, is it correctly ranked? I think it is. It, was it, like... it, it, it does everything, right? It's amazingly fun. The, the, the scenes are fucking great. The, the effects are incredible. It blows everybody's mind when it gets into theaters. It's way ahead of its time on a whole bunch of different fronts. It, it also it breezes by, dude. Like, Sarah yeah. was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay up for the whole thing. Like, we saw, like, oh, yeah, this is a two-hour and 20-minute movie. And it goes by, like, lickety-split. Yeah. You're like, at no point does it drag or bog down and get, like, lost in the stupid philosophy stuff when it is when it's kind of there <laughs> like it, it it's in it's definitely in the movie not as heavy-handed as like reloaded and uh revolutions and resurrections get with their talking about free will and stuff like that and just beating you in the head with like there's philosophy happening but you know what, in the you matrix know what the first one does it, it grabs good things from other genres so like yeah it's a science fiction action movie which does have a lot of noir, especially in the first half. Yeah, steals from anime all over the place. Steals from kung fu movies all steals over the place. Steals from cyberpunk movies all over the place. Like right. it's... <laughs> that whole that whole scene in the car when they're pulling the thing out of his belly button—that's like Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah. Weird, yeah. gross body horror. Like you're you're in it. You're like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Uh, the FBI interrogation. Yeah. Great scene. Mm-hmm. Oh. A, a lot of the characters that get introduced because they introduce a lot of characters in that first movie and they're they all kill a lot of them too <laughs> yeah but they're all distinct and when those characters die you do kind of feel like oh no mouse died not oh, like no. this right not Monday. Like this <laughs> like switch and, and yeah you know that switch was actually uh written to be a female in the matrix and a male in the real world Hmm, that cool. was in the original and like even the the actress that portrayed her was like i was originally just auditioning for like matrix switch or whatever but they were like that's too confusing and it's too small of a character like we're not gonna have time to like that's explain that but they were kind of like playing with the yeah. idea of they were like yeah once you get to write how you look in the matrix that easily easily your your physical biological gender that the robots assigned to you or didn't assign to you but like don't care about has nothing to do with how you would present in a place where has, you can actually. Has someone do written a thing analyzing whether or not the like the themes of your true self being presented in the Matrix versus who you are in the real world is at all reflective of of the Wachowskis' transitions? Like, is I, there absolutely? I think they've even there? they've even commented on it, like where they were yeah. saying that it was not necessarily intentional, but they were like clearly it was what we were thinking about. Like it was like yeah. this was something yeah. that we were writing about from our experience and like present like presenting your true self was is a thousand percent in the reading of the matrix whether or not it's a gender issue or not it's 
you can be whoever you want to be if you're master of your own destiny and then which then is like not much of a, a jump to see how you could get into like gender issues of that thinking but they were like yeah 100 percent they've they apparently as for what like uh lana and lily have like mm-hmm. said they were like it wasn't purposeful like they were like we didn't even like even necessarily know that we were like trans at that mm-hmm. point because it was the 90s and all that but they were like clearly looking back we were like oh yeah some of this is coming out <laughs> like <laughs> right but they were like it wasn't necessarily like purposeful to have that as a trans allegory which obviously a lot of people have read into it based on who wrote it of course but yeah yeah but yeah switch switch and apoc going down dies like oh man cypher yeah man you know what <laughs> Plug me back into the Matrix where that's not a COVID world. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Give me a little bit of that late 90s uh, flip phone world. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Also, Sarah and I, I think we pointed it out when we talked about the Matrix in the past. Like, it doesn't age itself because of the fact that it is a projection of 1999. So it's okay that it looks like it. that. You're like, yeah, exactly. This time. And you, the, you know what the worst part is? <laughs> there's a, there's a line of dialogue in the uh, Matrix that was like jarring, which where they were saying like, yeah, it was like the peak of humanity because it was before we started thinking for you. And I was like, this is before Facebook algorithms. But I was like, hot damn, is that? Like, they prescient. knew. <laughs> no, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like like yeah. that is some like prescient speculative sci-fi where mm-hmm. it's like we started thinking for you as the AI. It's all downhill like, from there for the human yep. race. <laughs> exactly and they were like 1999 was the last time everybody was thinking for themselves i was like that yeah, is a that... that that line ages extremely well as an ai telling you how we how they took over the world so in that new matrix the rules for them logging on and off didn't make sense to me they never explained it's, them it's they mirrors, can go through mirrors, mirrors. Yeah, but not it's always. mirrors, but they can, but they they still have to like tunnel them. Like I just think they can do it faster. They don't need to like hardline the phones the way they used to. Yeah, but they also use doors sometimes. It wasn't always mirrors. They plugged you mm. in and you were on the train. And then you're like, oh, we can't get off that way. Use the little mirror. I'm like, but there's, what is, what is the escape route here? If well, it's mirrors a... and if it's doors, then how can they be in a downtown in a city and need to run away from the zombie plague? No, so it's mirrors are out, doors can like our warp zones okay there were no doors in that city when they were running away from the zombies but then they would just run into a place with more zombies no they were in their cars they could have used their car doors they've already said they could do it on a train hmm. all of it was stupid they, they broke their own rules <laughs> <laughs> like, i also should... like that when, when the analyst is just trying to pull neo in through like the the mirror in the hotel and just no one seems to notice mm-hmm. for like 10 minutes Hey, yo, Neo's trying to go through that mirror. Where's he going? No one's looking at him. <laughs> no. Freaking Neo. So I mentioned, though, uh, that I watched some Hawkeye fights. I watched all of Hawkeye. It took me a while to get started, but then we kind of binged but it. why? Because it was probably was one of the best. It was, like, one of the best Marvel TV shows. And, like, it could easily stand up uh, with, like, a mid-tier Marvel movie. Huh. It was really Did good. Did it have Renner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all Renner. Renner. All Renner, baby. And it kind of had a lot of that Netflix uh, feel. Like a Daredevil, kind of. I mean, had a lot of a Daredevil feel when uh, Vincent D'Onofrio reprised his role as Mm -hmm. Kingpin. So, he he did. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah it was great. <laughs> and then, and then there's like Lady Hawkeye. Uh, so like Hawkeye, her name is Hawkeye. Well, when they're both Hawkeyes, she becomes Kate. Hawkeye at the end of the film. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Um, when like she throws down, like she's just sort of like, haha, I'm gonna fight the kingpin, and he just mauls her. <laughs> like you do not, you do not stand toe to toe in a kingpin in a punch fight. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Like, this is a uh, guy who went toe to toe with Daredevil, and you know, smashed him. Can like, I mean, like, depending on where you are in the comics, but in many comics, can like hang in a fight with Spider Man inexplicably. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he's often written to at least like not just get obliterated by Spider-Man in a straight. Does he actually have superpowers, or is he just a big fucking dude? He's a five hundred pound guy who spends all day working out and planning for evil. Yeah, exactly. Who grew up on the streets hurting people? Yeah, like the the whole thing is he's supposed to be like arguably the strongest man alive, like without superpowers. He's got that, like, world's strongest man kind of build to him. Like, lifting big rocks and dropping them on stuff. Yep. So, in the comics, anyway. I mean, in the comics, he... he, When him and Daredevil go face-to-face for the first time uh, without the masks, uh, he beats the living tar out of Matt Murdock. Like... Yeah. (laughs) Murdock breaks his nose and he's laughing at him. He's like, you think I've never been punched in the face before? Like... (laughs) I'm the kingpin of crime. <laughs> like hits him with a dumbbell. He just picks up like a 50 pound dumbbell and swings it at Matt. And like, ugh. It's like yeah, no, Matt yeah, it does. Like the, the Netflix, the Netflix comment is, is pretty on, on the, on the nose where you just sort of like, it's Hawkeye, like Renner kind of trying to deal with the small scale problem. And it's, ba- it's basically the, the storyline is uh, like as the Ronin in between the two Avengers movies, he like just was murdering bad guys because he was sad that all of his family had blipped and whatever. And he was just, and this sort of like has come back to haunt him because like uh, all of the street gangs on New York that he was like screwing with on a low level want him dead because he killed a bunch of people. Like it was like, it wasn't him being like a good superhero and like making sure they go to jail. He was like showing up and doing murders to the underbelly of New York. So they're all like, if we find out who this guy is, we're going to find him and kill him. And it's him kind of like dealing with his own little mess and not really wanting to get like Avengers and stuff involved. And, uh, and then Kate Bishop, like the heir apparent to the Hawkeye mantle kind of getting tangled up in the whole thing. And yeah, it's a fun, it's like a breezy little six part show with good action, good banter. Uh, what's her name? New, uh, new, new black widow's great. Yeah. She's, she was great. Yeah. Fantastic. They, they cast a, a newcomer as a uh, Scarlet, Black, Black Widow, Johansson. Black Widow's sister. Black, Black Widow's, Widow's sister. sister. Yeah, exactly. And she's fantastic, um, super charismatic. Like, did either of you see Black Widow? No. Mm. Oh well, clips. She's introduced Maybe. in Black Widow. She's she's the best part of that movie, easily. Hmm. And she and, and she's a high point of this TV show. Yeah. And apparently, what's his name? So confident in her skills, it's great. Uh, and apparently, in terms of the, it's not the first return from the Netflix shows because what's his name has apparently been all over Marvel shoots. Charlie Cox. Yeah, Charlie Cox has been in like on multiple like Daredevil. Like uh, whenever Daredevil shows up in MCU, it's going to be Charlie Cox again because cool. he's been seen like on a, a, like several different projects now. 
Well, Kevin Feige announced that he's going to be playing MCU yeah. Daredevil. Yeah. And the, could... the rumor is they're bringing back John Bernathal, too. That's the nice. Yeah. With Which a new fine. logo. What is that? <laughs> to make all the cars have to scrape the old one off their cars. Well, white, <laughs> specifically white supremacists, right? Yeah. Like, that that's a thing that's happened in the comics. I, but... That's what I said, Keith. Cops. Oh. <laughs> it could be both. <laughs> <laughs> Out of you, so you you heard about this, uh, John? That they've 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 officially Marvel has officially redesigned the the Punisher logo because uh, it's been co opted so frequently by hate groups. That's fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they were yep. like, "There's kind of no winning." Like on this one, they were like, "If they like double down on it, it sucks." Yep. They just got to make the comic book where he goes flip the page and he's just sucking some guy's dick. Just watch it. <laughs> just like they killed my wife and me. now I'm out for vengeance and dick. <laughs> <laughs> Go with it. Watch everyone run out to their trucks and their spray paint and their goo gone. Let this symbol become synonymous with pride in all of its many colors. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you see my symbol, you will know. Love is love. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been, I think, a much funnier, ballsier way for Marvel to go than changing the logo. Like, just just go. I mean, it worked for the Babadook. Like, LGBTQ what? icon, the Babadook. You don't. You never Explain. heard of this? John? No, no, I, I didn't hear this. Talking about it all. Just Google Prime what? Babadook. <laughs> You'll find like a million pictures just for some inexplicable reason. (laughs) (laughs) They just like, uh, people were just like the Bob, like people just started dressing up at the Babadook at like pride parades. It's like, not like the most known thing, but it's like, there's enough that it's a thing. It's like, this is crazy. There's a huge Rolling Stone article about it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, symbol of pride. The Babadook. Yep. Uh, but yeah, if they had if they had gone that route with the Punisher logo, I would have been down. Uh, <laughs> did so? I mean, also, yeah, I did. And we're gonna we we almost got on it when we saw King Arthur. We could have talked about swords. Swords. Yeah. <clears throat> so I took this assignment very fucking seriously. I know you did. You did all the homework. I did do the homework. I, I was going to do even more homework, but I felt I did, like I did not have to. So I watched the first Highlander in order to yeah. prepare myself. I just read the best was... tweet about the Babadook. Uh-huh. Babadook, I'm a terrifying monster that destroys families that try to suppress me. Gay people. Oh my God, same. Drink later. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, wow. There we go. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry for that interlude. Back to the Perfect. That's okay. So uh, there can be the only Highlander. One. There can be only one. So I don't know what you guys remember about the Highlander, but back in the 90s, I was pretty into the Highlander. I watched the first one and the third one. And when the TV series came on on space, I watched mm-hmm. that too. And I think I even watched the fourth movie, which was a crossover between Christopher Lambert Highlander and TV show Highlander guy, whose name <laughs> I completely forget. Yep. It's, it's like an elaborately elaborate and weird concept, right? 
So there's these, you, you're born, all of a sudden you discover you're immortal, turns out you can't die. There are immortals running around all throughout human history who have have realized, it's not really explained how they know, but they realize that they can cut each other's heads off, and if you cut the head off of another immortal, you steal some of their power. And if all of the Highlanders fight each other, do-do-do, they all die, the last one wins a prize, and it's not explained what the prize is. Well, or it's sort of hinted that you get to grow old and die. Uh. So that's like real ultimate power. Because I I also remember, like, and this is like a slight divergence, but like basically I remember there was the plot of the Jet Li movie, The One or whatever, which was also like Highlander. But I think there was multiverse rules. But it was like if you went through multiverses and killed yourself, you there was like the the, the premise was there's like a some amount of power split amongst you. And then by like killing people, you can gain them. And Highlander is kind of like that, right? It's like each one the fewer there are the more powerful the few are right yeah well, no no not oh, at no, all no no you it's steal just, specific power you, you specifically steal the power it's not explained much in the movies at least in the two that i saw okay but well, it, nothing um, was explained it, in the second one buddy they're aliens hold on we're not there yet and so and then in the in the in the tv series i think he actually gains specific skills from the people that he kills so like one guy is good at something and then he kills him and then he he, he like and the good guy things. Highlander kind of has a pass to kill them because a lot of the times this immortality turns you evil, right? Like that's like most Highlanders are bad dudes. Uh, I don't know about that. The villain in the first movie who's like the last guy that he has to fight because it's over in the first movie, right? Like oh. the, the battle is won. There are no more Highlanders. It's all over. Mm-hmm. He wins the prize. But anyway, the one that he kills is played by Clancy Brown. And it's a performance that I, I liken a little bit to the Sheriff of Nottingham in by Alan Rickman in oh. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's like, he's like fucking bonkers evil. <laughs> and it's like, still like a good performance, though. It's fun. It he's is. a barbarian it's, wearing a skull as a helmet, right? He, he's like goofy as shit. And the rest of the movie is not on his level, but it kind of works because, <laughs> because so it's, it's not, so over the top. It's not Jeremy Irons in the Dungeons and Dragons film. No, that, that stops working. <laughs> but he was trying to do the same thing, but it doesn't work out in this. But it's Clancy Brown, man. I forgot, and I like Clancy Brown. You mm-hmm. remember him as the the big bad um, uh, prison guard in Shawshank Redemption, and like tons of other, other uh, little the parts. drill sergeant in Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your hand okay. up on that wall, soldier. So. The second movie has a number of releases, and I I downloaded the Renegade edition, not really knowing what that was. I just kind of liked that that's what it was called. It turns out that what it was was the director did an extended director's cut a couple of years after the theatrical release. And there was a number of theatrical releases that had different bits of footage like all mashed in together. The story is that they got the money to put this movie together in Argentina during a civil collapse. And like the, the studio got involved, the fucking, all of the people they were working with went crazy. It was like a nightmare shoot from every possible direction, including Christopher Lambert, saying, well, I really liked working with Sean Connery. I'm not doing it unless we get Sean Connery back. And then Sean Connery fucking dies. It's like one of the main plot points in the first movie is that his character gets his head cut off and his soul eaten by by Clancy Brown. So him coming back doesn't make a lick of sense. And I, I kind of get where the where the writers were. They were like, okay, we our story is over. All of the Highlanders have fought each other and killed each other. Connor McLeod, who's the, the Christopher Lambert character, has won. Where do we go from here? So they're like, okay, we have to make it bigger. And then apparently the studio got involved and was like, guys, we want aliens in this movie. So <laughs> there's going to be aliens. I don't, I don't mind saying I fucking loved watching this movie. 
I, I, I'm, I'm not even doing it as a bit for this like best movie ever thing. I enjoyed watching Highlander two through and through so much so that I watched it twice. I wanted, I wanted to be sure that I, that I was not like fucking this up and it, and Here's here's how it works, okay? It's a miserable, stupid movie. Everything is wrong. It's terrible. But but it's high energy. It cuts through crazy idea after insane plot point after bizarrely directed scene, one after the other after the other, super fast. So when you're like, what is going on? Oh, my God, they're making all of these characters aliens. And the aliens are sent through time? into earth and you're like what and then and then it cuts and there's another scene and it's connor mcleod at the opera and he's fucking 75 years old he's old and has white hair and you're like <laughs> what is going on and then connor's like falling asleep watching goddard Damerung, and they like name drop it they're very important you know you're watching this in this like super famous opera and you're like why is he old what's happening and it's the grim dark year of 2024 and then it flashes back and now it's a crazy scene with these with these other people talking and then it flashes back to the present the main plot of this movie okay is that the ozone layer was getting depleted so everybody on the planet was gonna die Connor McCloud joins up with another scientist to engineer a special radiation shield to protect the world. And then 20 years go by and the human race is getting really depressed and they all want to kill themselves. Okay. And Connor McCloud, because he won the battle at the end of the first movie, he's now mortal and he's aging through and he's had a, uh, had a, a love in this, in his lifetime afterwards. And he's at the opera and someone accidentally cuts him with a broken wine glass and he realizes, oh no, I'm healing. That means there's other immortals coming back and I'm getting the quickening power again. And it, and, he, and there's actually the line of dialogue, it's happening again. <laughs> so... What I is mean, what is the if there was one actor in the world that you could get to deliver bad lines of dialogue? Christopher Lambert. Okay. <laughs> I, I have to say this. He's awful, right? Like <laughs> always. Yeah, always. I don't he's like I don't I feel bad like even saying this because it's a visual judgment on the man, and I'm sure that he's a very fine human being with sensitive feelings and stuff. But he <laughs> looks to me like a goon. And when he his his like he's he's you know, his English is good, but he's got a big old French accent and his his accent with his with his dumb eighties hair and his like his like he, you know he his eyes are going bad. I don't know if you know this about him. He's blind, yeah. nearly yeah. blind right now. In these movies, he's losing his sight, so he never focuses on fucking anything that's in front of him. And he's really stiff with his body language. I feel like he's a Neanderthal, and he has all these sensitive dialogue bits where he has romances. I don't buy any of it. It just he's he's just a weird old goon stumbling through these fucking movies. <laughs> Wanted to work with oh Sean Connery again. <laughs> there's, there's insane. Okay, Sean Connery. Okay, okay. So they're Just, aliens, right? I want to stop yeah. you there. It's important yeah. to note that they cast Christopher Lambert as the Scottish swordsman and Sean Connery as the Spanish one. Yes. Right. That's, that's Christopher important. Lambert with with a French accent in in doing period bits in ancient Scotland. With Magical. Sean Connery on set playing the Spaniard as a Latino. Yeah. Ramirez. <laughs> There's a scene in this movie where um, Sean Connery and Christopher Lambert get get ghost spirit bro married. They have like a ritual where they merge their souls deep in the past. 
Oh, and and so an interesting thing about the 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 um, renegade cut that I saw is they mostly cut out everything about them being aliens. Hmm. So rather than them being aliens, they're from an advanced civilization that lived before the present civilizations. Okay, and as a punishment for committing crimes, they are sent forward in time to live as immortals and have to go through the whole quickening, whatever. Yeah, which I think was the premise of the alien thing. Like it was still like Highlander's life on Earth was still a punishment. I think was that exactly was carried over in every cut. So that stays the same. It's just that the 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 origin they're, they're of from the, where they're from. Yeah. Okay. When Sean Connery is is summoned back because Christopher Lambert kills a couple of immortals and during the quickenings he's like Ramirez calling out to him trying to summon back his bro spirit and it works he summons him back from the past but when Sean Connery warps in he warps in on stage during a performance of Hamlet. Okay? So he like interrupts the famous uh Alas York I knew him well speech. And the audience is like, boo, who is this guy? Get off the stage. And then Sean Connery just like pizzows. He like starts making fun of the, the Hamlet actor's clothing. And he starts making funny comments about he his starts accent. He like, up oh. on stage. And he wins over the crowd. <laughs> That's a scene that happens in the movie. And the crowd applauds him off. And then he goes off to, to Ramirez it up. It's fucking weird, and it just goes and goes and goes, and always changes, always different, weird, new, fun shit. Like, in this bit, we're supposed to be watching movies like Cats. Cats was fucking boring and horrible and stupid the whole way through. This one, it was, it was like, crazy and weird. And, I mean, it kind of feels was, like, like No Holds Barred was. Like, I, when I watched No Holds Barred, it was also like, I was like, I can't be mad at this. It's just pure yeah. insanity. Now, it was definitely, like... Part of the fun was about how misguided everything was, like how yeah. awful the, the the scenes were, how crazy the fucking – like the tone of the film. There's like a long sequence where he's old and he's in the, the opera theater. He's watching Goddard Damerung. It's cutting back to, to bits of him in the past. So it's like trying to say his life is an opera. And then – the one of the villains from back in time sends forward a bunch of goons to kill Connor because he doesn't like the idea that he's going to win the the prize. And the goons that show up are like out of fucking Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> they're wearing like green cones on their heads and they're dressed up like lizards and they're riding on fucking hover skateboards. And so Connor McCloud has to fucking go on a hover skateboard with his broadsword and fight this other guy who's flying around in a wingsuit making you lizard kind of, You can kind of he- hear the studio execs being like, Back to the Future had a hoverboard. Put that in there. And like, Fucking whatever put a hoverboard in. It'll be awesome if Christopher Lambert's sword fights on a hoverboard. And it is not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like... The, possibly also, I'm not sure that I'm reading the tone properly, but I get the impression everybody involved was having fun. Even if they knew that it was awful, they were like enjoying the process of making this movie. And somehow that, that like came out to me. Anyway, guys, Highlander 2, The Quickening, Renegade Cut Edition. Fucking go see it. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> go to the theaters and see it. Uh, I'm looking at the the the, 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 the thing. I feel, based on your comments, <clears throat> starting point is David Lynch's Doom, and if it could yeah. go above or be, above or below. I'm not sure, but I'm just saying because because your your description is the movie is hot fucking garbage, and I struggle to consider why I enjoyed watching it. Seems yeah. to be a, a good jumping off point for it, the it is, 
But because there's like a lot of reasons why I felt like I could identify why I enjoyed this movie. Okay, so springing up from there. Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't much go I wouldn't go above a boy and his dog because that actually was a good movie. And then uh or would I? Was this better than Hellboy? No, probably not. I mean, this was still fucking awful. But but it was Legend fun. Legend so, also sounds like like because because legend also has that whole when you know uh why did i just blank on his name like like tim curry as the devil is great at all moments even though the movie stopped making sense right like yeah you know i feel like i haven't seen that recently enough to <laughs> to be feel good about about doing it i actually preferred this to suicide squad david well, ayer's suicide squad john would you yeah. rewatch highlander 2 the quickening or i watched it twice in rise the last of, two days <laughs> rise of skywalker <laughs> it's a tough call it, because I, I saw it twice and I only saw Rise of Skywalker once. So I might actually choose Skywalker above it, but I, but it's a tough it's a tough one. All right, John, you've got three hours to deal with tonight. To <laughs> watch Highlander two for a third time. <laughs> have a good meal tonight, or sit down and watch three hours of Rise of Skywalker with Palpatine coming back. Well, the good meal pushes it over. Right. So I will put this. I would put this below Hellboy and above Star Wars Episode Nine. <laughs> For it. And I know, I know this is a tough one, but I I feel pretty good about it. It, it was like, it, and it got so much hate, and it's so it, it so deserves it if you're expecting all of its plot stuff to make sense and like fit into a cohesive vision. <laughs> but if you're just watching this, to make sense. If you're if you're just watching this, if you crazy... go to this movie expecting it to make sense, this is not the film for you. No, but like <laughs> now, now that now that you're sitting down and you're like, okay, this is gonna be batshit crazy and fucking nothing is gonna make sense. Can you can you like allow yourself to have fun with it? There's a lot to have fun with. Here yeah, I guess I, I I'm I'm trying to like, think of like other films in that vein. Like a lot, there's a lot of like weird like campy '80s stuff where you're just sort of like. If everything is insane and everybody's having fun, it's like a good time okay, is bad. It's all right. <laughs> so part of part of what makes it work is that the director for the first one and the second one is the same. And he – like the first one, I don't know if you remember, it, it's really, really fast. It goes mm-hmm. through a lot of different flashback sequences and then it cuts to them fighting and then it cuts back to different flashbacks and then it, it cuts to a different part of the world and it moves. You know, It doesn't stay too long on any individual – plot element so it doesn't get tired which is is exactly what saves the quickening it's like Mm -hmm. by the time you're getting bored or you think something is stupid you're you know you're not going to watch another half hour of that scene it's over now now they're aliens now now we're fucking wherever it sounds fun like it genuinely sounds fun yeah i might i might have to check it out Uh, there you go man that means it's my turn well we're not i don't think we're quite ready for that yeah, I've not not plan. I haven't planned it. Was there something that I was watching recently that was like really shitty? <laughs> no, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. Like, I, I have like a distinct memory of like shutting something off the other day. It was like, oh man. And Tubi has a whole bunch of classic Godzilla movies on right now. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, and they're fantastic. They're they're so batshit bananas that they're did you guys rewatch die hard over the christmas holidays I did not no i, I did. watched elf and the very murray christmas 
Oh, did that hold up a second? Uh, I watch very every Christmas, year. Almost, almost every Christmas. Yeah, same. I watch it every oh. year. It it felt very quick this year because the idea of Bill Murray being in lockdown for one night was not the same tragedy that was when the first <laughs> when it first showed up on Netflix. It's like, oh no, I'm stuck in the hotel for one night. <laughs> like, oh no, I don't care. But I always just find like, who's that guy that overstays his welcome? There's like one guy. What? It's right before he plays like Phoenix. Like it's like someone who gets like two two songs or three songs, and I was like, you have too many songs. <laughs> I remember. No, I don't no know. one has more than. I watched it this year. No one has that many songs. Hmm. Speaking of Miley Bill Murray, gets... though, because uh, this is a geek podcast, he's going to be he's going to be an Ant Man. Is he? Yeah. Huh. It's apparently. So, uh, what is it saying? He says that he's going to be, Murray appeared to suggest that he'll be portraying a bad guy. So who could be? And apparently when they asked him what his superpower is, he said, my power is that I'm the bad guy. I don't know if that's just him being ultra trolling. Who's who, who, who does Ant-Man have any old man, bad guys? No. Scott is deep in thought. Yeah, no, not really. It's, it's inner demons and Ultron. Those are his, those are his bad guys. Yeah, well. Now um, it's I'm, Bill Murray. What if it's Bill Murray playing himself? Yeah, it, <laughs> that would be great. I'm Bill Murray. Ant-Man. <laughs> I've had enough to hear with your shenanigans. Exactly. And I'm bringing the whole force of the internet against you. I'm sick of you. Paul Rudd's just sad. I would watch that. <laughs> hey man, we can't have you on the Avengers anymore. Your your, your focus group numbers are horrible. Like, did, did you punch Bill Murray? Who's being a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess speaking of beloved aging comedians, uh, R.I.P. Oh, Betty yeah. White did not make it to her one hundredth birthday. Yeah, you're doing that. I mean, what? Are you going to say R.I.P. Bob Saget? I, I mean, that was the other one. Didn't he die today? Yeah, and also our R.I.P. Uh, what's his name also? Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier. Sydney Poitier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Saget seems to be the obviously the largest tragedy of them not being old and apparently having cleaned up his life and apparently drugs and whatnot are not expected to be... At least not immediately involved. Like I mean, like I'm sure he had like a heart attack or whatever at 65 and has done mountains of cocaine in his lifetime. So even if you just suddenly stop, it's like how like drugs were not involved when like David Bowie died. I'm like, yeah, but they were, right? Like (laughs) they might not have been the immediate cause, but the toil that you put your body through doing the drugs that that boy did, I'm sure. Every pro wrestler. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Uh, Yeah, he was like performing on Saturday. Or whatever it was, like uh, he had performed mm-hmm. Friday, no Friday night. I think he had performed Friday night in Orlando, and then died in his hotel room Saturday night, whatever it was. What How a messed up do you think Bob Saget was about the success of YouTube, Vine, and TikTok? Because America's funniest home time. videos, no, America's funniest home videos was basically that, right? It was basically mm-hmm. reaction videos to YouTube fails. Yeah, thirty years ago. <laughs> I love the I mean, Funny's videos. He probably had a shitload of money from that show. 
and full house at the time he had he had full house and a like aav on at the same time wow i mean i don't know how much of it he was turning into cocaine but even if it was just saving a little bit (laughs) like he had a lot of money and those residual checks kept coming in and it's I can't, I can't find any like YouTube videos or whatever else like that of the old Saget ones because I want to know. Like I remember, and I don't know. He like, was tame, 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 tame. tame but tame, I remember tame. his voiceovers like had occasional like very funny moments, which I feel that like I would like to go and watch them and like see if he like snuck stuff in that was mm-hmm. like that made it past the censors without it being like crazy. Because he would, he would always do the layups and stuff. Like he's like, nothing could go wrong here and whatever, you know. Like, and that other guy, whoever replaced him, sucked at it. But I was like, I can't imagine knowing that like Saget was as funny as he was and like as good of a stand-up as he was and all that stuff without having like snuck some stuff in that was like there must be I feel there's some gold reels. Yeah, there's like some gold punchlines in there that are probably amazing, but I I couldn't find them. There might be some awful problematic ones too. Oh, almost. I don't know how much you want to dig deep into that before you get. But that's it. Like I, I can't remember. One of the streaming services had a bunch of them, but they only ever had them from the other guy. I was like, go back, show me the old Tom uh, Bob Saget AFVs. I want to watch that stuff. And like tripping into the house, like Dick Van Dyke and whatever else. It was great. Good times. And yeah, Mm -hmm. and also Betty White dying didn't make her having a big hundredth hundredth birthday celebration that was being missed it by two weeks. She would have uh, would have turned 100 on December, not December, January 17th. Yeah. Uh, celebrity death. She was always funny. She was funny for so long. Yeah. That's that's hard to do. Yeah. Like, you don't see other people doing that, being being funny for six decades. <laughs> right. It's yeah. great. It's awesome. I would. Hats off. Like I said, certainly not try. Also, touch warming, touch, heart touching, touch warming. I don't know. Uh, a, apparently, like some of her final words were, were, were asking about her previously dead husband, which I find is just always like, Aww. that's like this, like a, like what a sweet little old lady way to die. <laughs> Nearly a hundred and asking about your husband. Oh, A plus life though. I don't think you can complain if you're Betty White. You can always successful since the thirties. Yeah, exactly. I first found success in the 30s. Like, what? And then, like, stayed, like, a culturally beloved, like, icon until the day I died. What? <laughs> like, Without even really having to reinvent herself. Just slotting who she was herself into every decade. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, like, obviously, like, I think get getting a little, like, rough and naughty around the edges as an old lady, which was not necessarily her, like, golden girl character right like that was yeah, her most like golden girls was that kind of humor though yeah even if she wasn't the one delivering those lines yeah for sure there. it was there and even then and like she often played like the like the punchline of the dirty joke or whatever her not getting it like so the humor was around yeah was centered around that anyway r.i.p everybody r.i.p Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. 
If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.